Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast. This is 1178B, which I guess means we've been doing it for 22 years. Thank you for downloading us. 50,000 of you a week can't be wrong, and I appreciate that. Today, we have a wonderful guest again, an old friend. Greg Hammer is a physician, professor at Stanford University School of Medicine, pediatric intensive care physician who deals with cardiac anesthesia patients as well. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about something in wellness that's really important at this time of year. As I look out at, we're recording this at about 4 p.m. in Cleveland, it is as bleak a day as you can get. We had a sudden lake effect snowstorm of about six inches in a one hour period this morning. And now it just looks dark and gray. And I'm about to get seasonally affective disorder if I didn't know better. So Greg's going to tell me how to get rid of that. And that's why I won't have it. But in addition, We are brought to you by Life's First Naturals. Go to their website, lifefirstnaturals, with an S, dot com. They're the makers of both bovine colostrum and true biotics, two things I think all of us should be taking. I clearly do because of the randomized controlled trials on bovine colostrum, that it decreases the gut effects of non-steroidals, including aspirin as well as decreases your risk of upper respiratory infections and of the true biotics a brand of probiotics, and as you know, gut bacterial diversity is important for longevity. And you can find out more about that at the longevityplaybook.com, our other sponsor. But now let's talk to Greg Hammer. Greg, thank you. And thank you for doing so much for wellness in the state of California, as well as hopefully to all of our listeners. How did you get involved in wellness? Well, you know, Mike, I've been like you, I think, practically a lifelong fitness enthusiast. I competed in sports in high school and college and became a vegetarian when I started college. You know, it's kind of the hippie era, save the planet era. So I I went to a plant-based diet then and I've stayed on it ever since. And, you know, I remain an absolute exercise enthusiast, as I know you are. You know, we at Stanford convened a committee called the WellMD Committee back in 2011 to address the growing prevalence of burnout in medicine. And I jumped on that right away. And I've just been taking a deeper and deeper dive into wellness in all of its manifestations ever since. Of course, I read your first book and a couple of your subsequent books, and that helped launch me on an interest in medical literature related to wellness. So yeah, I think it's just been a lifestyle almost my entire life, certainly my entire adult life. And um, thankfully, I feel great and feel that my bio age is much younger than my chronologic age, just like you. Well, that's good. Let's talk a little bit about, I'm going to first talk a little bit about burnout in medicine and what its cause and effect are. And then let's talk about what I think is a major advance is gain if you will, the one word, four meanings that can help us all fight not only seasonally affective disorder, but burnout in general. The latest data on burnout, as I read it, is that over 
50% of physicians and nurses and even frontline personnel, the patient service personnel, et cetera, are now experiencing what is considered burnout. So first of all, since you're an expert in this, tell us what burnout means. And then I'm going to tell you my hypothesis on this, and I want you to tell me where I'm wrong. Well, I doubt that you're wrong about any of that, Mike, but I try to keep it simple. I'm a fan of the KISS principle. I would simply define burnout as the emotional and physical exhaustion that result from chronic stress. And I'm sure like you, I'm very interested in the physiology of chronic stress, acute stress and chronic stress. And, you know, of course, acute stress may be adaptive. It's often maladaptive. Chronic stress is essentially always or virtually always maladaptive. And, and that does lead to many physiologic changes, but the manifestations include simply emotional and physical fatigue. And that's the definition of burnout. I have a feeling that at least among physicians, a large part of this is due to two factors. One is the loss of control. That is, we don't have control of our schedules anymore. The electronic medical record and its and the variations have taken control of our schedules. And the second component of that is that the electronic medical record has decreased eye contact and relationship with patients so that whether you're a nurse and the nurses here, 66% of their time is spent charting, not with patients. That's true of caregivers, frontline people, et cetera, always working with the computer. The computers have obviously done a world of good, but there we, we need to get a way of getting more control of our life and more of the fun of relationships and of helping people back into medicine rather than just filling out charts. Is that any place near, are there any data that support either of those ideas? Oh, I think there are a lot of data, Mike, through surveys that support everything you just said. The electronic medical record is commonly cited as a cause of chronic stress and burnout. I like to look at it in three domains, and this is kind of the Stanford WellMD rubric. One is the domain of culture. So, you know, I think that microaggressions or macroaggressions lack of transparency, lack of leadership, people being paid on different pay scales, lots of perhaps old boy things going on. The culture of, of our practice is extremely important. The second domain is efficiency. And I think the EMR issues, electronic medical record issues might be in that domain because there's nothing worse than having to click, you know, a thousand times to finish your case or to have the thing stop working before you start your case. And you have to tell the surgeon you can't make the incision yet because you can't open an anesthesia record. So efficiency, you know, even 10 to 15 minute delay between cases adds up. We're, we get home an hour, hour and a half late. We miss dinner with our family, our kids' piano recital. So efficiency of practice in addition to cultures, that's a very important domain. And the third domain is personal resilience. And I think we need all three of these to be addressed by leadership. Personal resilience is more of an individual responsibility. And and that's my particular interest. Now, in the personal resilience area, you've come up with a what I call a very neat word that actually helps you remember things and helps you think about it. And I love the G of gain 
because it's something I do every morning, if you will. So go ahead and talk to us about GAIN. Sure. You know, we have to take care of our physical bodies and that's sleep, exercise, and nutrition. And that would be a separate discussion, I suppose. We also have to take care of our spiritual and mental well-being. And that's where I came up with the acronym GAIN. I tried to think of what are the simply, again, trying to reduce things to something I can remember, which is limits things quite a bit. What are the essential ingredients to happiness and spiritual wellness? And, you know, I love Deepak Chopra, but the seven ways of this and the 10 steps of that, too many things for me to remember. So I got it down to four, and I think they are very closely intertwined and pretty much cover the spectrum. And they are gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. And I think they're all very much intertwined and equally important in terms of having a practice that maintains and achieves the mental and spiritual well-being we desire. And I've got to say, that's part of the book you wrote, Gain Without Pain. That's right. So we should mention that's available on Amazon, and it's not just for physicians. Gain Without Pain. So go over that again. So the G is gratitude. I do something exactly like you said. So I may have learned it from you subconsciously. <laughs> that is every morning I'm, I do uh, 10 double breaths when I get up thanking people for letting me get up and for uh, being married to my bride, my wife of 50 plus years. It's the best thing I ever did in life. So gain Gratitude and deep breathing done together, or double breathing is what I do. Now, what's the A for? So, well, you know, gratitude is intrinsic to happiness, but so is acceptance because life is not all pleasant and we all have painful and uncomfortable experiences. I, I lost my son at the age of 29, six years ago. So that's easy when I'm doing my gain meditation in the morning. That comes to me uh, when I get to the A for acceptance. And, you know, none of this is new, Mike, as you know, the uh, serenity prayer, in fact, tells us that we must discern between what we can change and what we cannot change and learn to accept what we cannot change. So the A being acceptance during this part of the three-minute contemplative meditation, while we're deep, slowly breathing, activating our parasympathetic nervous system, we go through that for which we're grateful and then accepting. So we take an uncomfortable or painful experience and with our eyes closed, focusing on our deep, slow breathing, we actually bring that experience close. And I imagine opening the chest, opening the heart, bringing that experience into our hearts and actually nurturing it, sitting with it, linking it to our deep breathing until we are relaxed with it. We've accepted it. We ask ourselves, can I live with this pain forever? And at some point, the answer is yes. The I is intention because I think we are wired for reasons that might be explained if we look at, you know, 80,000 years of evolution of the human mind and brain. We're wired in ways that interfere with our ability to be happy. And they include we have a negativity bias. We tend to dwell on the negative and forget about the positive. We can all think of examples of that in our daily lives. And the other thing is we're very distracted. And if we think about the happiest times we've had, they are when we are completely present, whether it's with our loved ones or walking through the forest, looking at the light filtering through the canopy above. We're right there, right then. That's when we're happy, when we're connected. And our brains are wired to be very distracted. We go to the past and future excessively. And with our negativity bias, 
when we obsess on the past, we generate a lot of remorse, regret, shame, posture syndrome, depression. And when we overthink the future with our negativity bias, we get fear and anxiety. And so we need to have an intentional practice to learn how to be positive and present. And the N is just that as well, right? It's tied to, so what does the N stand for? The N is for non-judgment. And as you know, we're, we're wired to judge everything around us. And it's one thing to discern, which is a good thing to do, of course, but it's another to judge. And when we judge things as good or bad, we're not really seeing them as they are. We're, we're seeing them through a veil of our own biases. And so we can learn that things don't have to be good or bad. And so when I'm doing the non-judgment part of the game practice, I teach people to see an image of the earth apparently suspended in space, one of these beautiful NASA images, and recognize that the earth is just a planet. It's neither good nor bad. And it's only logical for us, therefore, to think of ourselves in the same way. We're humans on this earth. We are just the person that we are. We are neither good nor bad. And we sort of repeat that I am neither good nor bad. I'm just the person that I am. And then we take this I amness back to the breath and simply focus on that slow inhalation, that slow pause and slow exhalation that activate our parasympathetic nervous system. And we've done our three minutes. We slowly open our eyes and we're ready to go out in the world. Fantastic. Now, seasonal affective disorder. I'll tell you my cure for it. It started in San Francisco. That is near where you are. I used to go to all the Warrior games. This is before the Warriors were really, actually, it was the first year I went to them, they won the championship with Rick Barry, but the lights were always bright. They were the brightest darn lights, and the Cavaliers, since I've been in Cleveland, LeBron and I signed the same day, and even when he hasn't been here, the lights are bright in the stadium, and they I think they must have an uh, inordinate amount of blue wavelength in them because going to the games cures my seasonal affective, any chance of seasonal affective disorders. So is that the remedy, very bright lights? Well, I think that taking advantage, at least in my case, of natural light is really important. And you know what it's like here in California. And and I grew up in the Midwest outside of Chicago, and it's probably very much like Cleveland. Those, you know, even on a clear day, skies are a bit gray. And it's just something that I, that part of the G in my gain meditation every morning, how brilliant the light is here. And at this time of year, we've got lots of deciduous trees with unbelievable colors on campus and so on. But I think that light is, many of us are very affected by light, whether it's natural or indoor light, but I think we need to capitalize on whatever natural light there is. So I just get outside, even if the days are very short in December, I make sure I go out for a walk during the daylight and get a dose of light. And I guess, you know, for some people, even indoor light is extremely helpful. And and that makes sense to me. I can't believe we've taken our 17 minutes of podcast are already up. I can't believe it, Greg. This has gone so fast. I need you on again. I'm available anytime, Mike. I'd love to talk about longevity science with you. Uh, you're the expert, and we can talk more about meditation and, and all, all manner of things. We will do it. Greg Hammer is a physician, Stanford University professor, a best-selling author. The book, Gain Without Pain, The Happiness Handback 
for healthcare professionals. There are 21 million healthcare professionals, so it's got a lot of ring, but everybody else is in the family too, because gain without pain makes sense for everyone. The G is that gratitude, the A, acceptance, the I, intention, and the N, non-judgmental. So I think I've learned something from this gain book. Thank you very much. I want to thank all of you who downloaded us. You're the reason we do this. And of course, I am grateful to our sponsors, lifefirstnaturals.com, the makers of Truebiotics and Bovine Colostrum. Go to their website, lifefirstnaturals.com, to see the randomized double-blind controlled trials. Or you can go to our website, the other sponsor, Longevity Playbook, Com. Sign up for the twice-weekly newsletter. It's free, and you can take the actual age test and see why Greg believes he is so much younger than his calendar age. We'll be back next week. Thank you for downloading us, and we'll see you next week. We hope you are seeing us as well. Thanks again.